What's up, guys? Welcome to the OBR Film Breakdown. This is your Wednesday, August 31st edition. Somehow we are through the 31 days of August. Thank you for checking out this month's episodes. We are well above, somehow well above last month at this time for the 31 days of August. That is a huge thank you to you guys for all of that and listening to shows. And and um, yeah, nothing other to say than that than just a huge thank you. So we have a 53-man roster that was released and we covered so much of it over at the OBR. We uh, tracked all of your cuts uh, throughout the day that were happening, and most of them were trickling in, and he deserves a massive shout-out to Brad Stainbrook, our insider here at the OBR. Uh, he he was on top of, I would say, 80% of Brown's cuts first to him, and he was. Uh, this is kind of where Brad shines, and it's a kudos to him for getting that information out and being first, and he is an insider, man. He's talking to agents and talking to people that matter with the Browns, and he has carved a niche. So we covered that at the OBR, I thought, really well. And then Fred Greetham uh, wrote up the initial 53-man roster, which we're going to talk about today. Jack Duffin also wrote an interesting article about the journey from the initial 53 to the week 153, which is another topic that that um, you know me and my guests are going to talk about today, where they move some things around. Because remember, what they announced today, their 53-man roster, will not be the roster that they go into week one with on September 11th. It'll be changed in a couple different places that's easy to expect and most rosters are like that it's just a big chess game that happens and then uh the obr had a twitch stream uh, emergency cut episode where they went through that um process i think ian mcbride was on that i think jack joined that and um i think we had a couple others that were on that so if you want to watch that twitch episode feel free and then fred greetham wrote up some things from practice notes dearness johnson uh, michael woods returned Deshaun Watson beginning his suspension and leaving Berea. He won't be back for a couple months. So uh, that that has all started. So we are really approaching week one prep here. It'll be here before we know it. So going to reel in John Colosimo to the episode where we are going to break down this 53-man roster. Going to talk through just everything. I'll, I'll kind of go through it and talk about guys that I uh, predicted would be on there who are not on there or vice versa. We don't have a practice squad yet. That information will trickle in throughout the week. So we'll update that when it comes out and give you that information on this podcast as we know it. But yeah, we can go through the 53 man and talk about that and talk about where we think there might be some fluff uh, to be eventually moved later. And then some names maybe at the end that we are paying attention to. So John, what's happening, man? How are you? Doing good, Jake. Doing good. Um, You know, I'm damn ready to see some real football. Uh, We're not too far away from that now. And, uh, you know, the final shuffling of the 53, um, I think sometimes can be a little bit of an exercise in futility, but it can give you a, a, at least a few inclinations about how the team sees what they have. Yeah, this is this is at least an opinion of some guys that we've been wondering what the opinion of those guys are. So uh, even if they're guys that were kept and cut, they're they're at least important enough to keep and think and consider and see yeah. what you're able to do with free agency and then the waiver wire priority as well before you move on from them. We'll start at quarterback, and no surprise here. This is who I said they would keep because there I don't think there were any other options, Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs, so nothing to really even kind of review there. Uh, John, I, I think that – let me ask you this. Is uh, is Josh Dobbs a, long, a guy you're interested in long-term as far as a backup goes? Because I've mentioned I think he's a profile fit. Like he plays quarterback from the pocket, but as athletic as, as, as necessary to really get out and run when he needs to. And I think you can do some similar things in your offense that, that uh, Watson does in the RPO game and moving the pocket stuff where 
I just think that as far as a backup goes, he's a very smart guy. He's loved by organizations that he's been in. And again, he's just a similar athlete profile to Watson that I'm just kind of interested in him long-term as a backup. Do you have that same vibe or are you, um, am, am I getting a little too ahead of myself? No, no, no. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, um, if he has that mindset, um, to really kind of grasp a hold of that kind of backup role, uh, I'm very interested in keeping him. I mean, um, I think that that's, uh, to kind of bring it home here, um, it is a pretty big upgrade on what we had last year. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Case Keenum was nice guy by all accounts, but yeah, not. I mean, him and uh, Nick Mullins, who are both going to be around the league, uh, unironically. So, but I hope nothing happens to Josh Allen. Anyway, let's uh, shift over to running back. Listen, I said they're going to keep four running backs and six wide receivers. I'm still technically right. They kept <laughs> Chubb. Ford, Hunt, and Dearness Johnson for now, obviously. That's what we would expect. None of those guys are cuttable. But they still list Demetric Felton as a running back, which just makes no sense to me. I'm not sure why they continue to label this guy as a running back. It's so wide receiver. So then the wide receivers, it's Amari, Donovan, Peoples-Jones, David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, Mike Woods, and Demetric Felton. So, you know, six in one hand, half dozen in the other. The thing I think was interesting, though, was not only did they not keep Johnny Stanton, which I did not think they would, I did think they would keep him on the practice squad, but from what Brad Stainbrook tells us and what Johnny Stanton tweeted today, there does not seem to be an interest in keeping him on the practice squad. So they are like, unless they find a way to bring in some other fullback, which I find hard to believe why they wouldn't keep Johnny around. Like they seem like they're ready to just be done with that position, which I think is a net positive. I, it's just a, it's just fluff, man. I, I really didn't think it was necessary. And Harrison Bryant, who is one of the two tight ends they have initially kept here, can can do those things in an offset eye or eye formation when they need them to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I like Johnny Stanton, um, a bit, but like you're, you're anytime we're talking about like this area of the roster, we're just not talking about people that are likely to ever make an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, you know, um, I hope, and I saw a tweet from, you know, Jack today, uh, talking about, um, Kisaki over at, uh, Miami. Like I like, I think everybody would agree that they're going to get a tight end three. And if he wasn't going to be the guy, then they must have some outside person. Uh, it doesn't need to be Kaseki, but um, I'd like it to be. But um, they have to have a plan to get another tight end three. And if he's not the guy, I think this is one of the this is one of the roster moves that kind of like glaringly screams at you something's going to happen here i would agree and and what what i should say too is kind of backtracking a little bit they don't they seem to have also moved on from josh rosen entirely so there is no interest in bringing him back to the practice squad and stefanski mentioned that today that they are um gonna have to figure out a practice squad quarterback so that's gonna be something that comes about that we have no idea about right now mm-hmm. um also on the kicking side you know they kept everybody it's obvious who they were keeping they made that decision when they cut the had a second punter here whose name escapes my mind at the moment but uh cory bajorquez was plenty good enough and Cade york as we know is seems to be a pretty gifted kicker and charlie hewlett continues to be around here forever so it's like 
they may not even keep a kicker on the practice squad. So, you know, I don't know whether they'll bring a punter or kicker, but they've always kind of had a kicker there. So that's, that's another interesting wrinkle. If you just don't need one of those guys and in an emergency, you could sign somebody real quick and get them to the field. It's like that saves you bodies on the practice squad, right? Where you can continue to develop some players. But I think it's noteworthy that they got to figure out whether they're keeping a kicker on the practice squad or punter. And then, uh, you know that they have to figure out a quarterback because they, they. I think I don't know. I don't know that they brought in Mullins until after the regular season started last year. I think that's what I they did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't remember him around during preseason, so uh, that's a similar wrinkle. But yeah, they, they only keep two tight ends: Harrison Bryant, David and Joku. They cut Miller Forstall. That was the first one that was a little eyebrow raising for me. Uh, it seems like Nikia Griffin Stewart's also let go, but um, Mitchell Payton uh, is going to be a guy who is, uh, and that's a hyphenated last name is going to be a practice squad guy for them. So they still need to fill this. Like, you you know, even the teams that use the least amount of tight ends, like I think the Bills only had, I don't know, 8 to 9% of their snaps last year. It's something ridiculously low with two-plus tight ends on the field. That's why they sort of mm-hmm. let go of O.J. Howard, and that's a guy that it seems the, as though the Browns might be connected to pursuing in some form or fashion. We'll see whether that comes to fruition or not. But, like, you need a third tight end, even if you're going to be reducing your 13 personnel usage, which we all expect them to go to more 12 and more 11. You need three of them. So that's the obvious. And, again, that was the first surprise to me was Forrestal, and I, I definitely think there's going to be a tight end addition. You mentioned Giusecki. Seems like the Dolphins, based on things they said today, were listening to calls, but they're not going to move him unless they really find a deal they love because they think they can still find a role for him. And then OJ Howard was another one that was interesting to me. And then, and I, mean, I don't know if OJ Howard's cooked or what. I, he could be too far yeah. gone. I, I'm not sure. It yeah. seems weird that Buffalo would just yeah. let him go. Agreed. Uh, Anthony Ferkser uh, is another guy who was uh, he was with Tennessee when Johnu Smith got hurt in Tennessee. He stepped in and he was okay. He was fine. Uh, Atlanta cut him, which is where Arthur Smith is, his former Tennessee coach, but he at least has experience in this system. So that's a leg up. Uh, I, I think I'd be a little bit interested there, but third tight end is going to be added in some form or fashion, just out of necessity, not trying to improve your people, but out of like, we need a guy. So, well, and, I'll, and I'll say like one of the things that Jack made as a point, which I think um, was a good one is that uh, this tight end three kind of directly um, uh, connects itself to our wide receiver problem. And you could see mm-hmm. kind of maybe how uh, the team is really thinking about this problem by how they address it. If they go and get a guy like Jaseki, um, it will tell you a lot about how they're viewing, um, how they want to solve the problem at wide receiver. Um, I think either way, we, like, we need a receiver, and that could come in the form of tight end three. It can come in the form of my receiver six, whatever the case. But like, it, it will be interesting to watch them um, actually in actions address what obviously is, is going to be um, a, a target here. I, like, I don't think there's any way, shape, or form that we don't have another wide receiver or um, tight end three brought back, uh, not brought back, but uh, brought to the team from the outside here in the next week. So, Yeah, I should have mentioned wide receiver as well. In terms of looking for somebody, I continue to say they need to make Anthony Schwartz irrelevant. Maybe that's Michael Woods stepping in a little bit. I'm fine with keeping Schwartz around, but they need to make his burden on being on the field uh, not as involved, right? Like, like uh, whoever that could be, I'm not sure. The waiver wire is tricky. They're like 13th in the waiver wire or something like that. I was reading today. 
Tyler Johnson's interesting. It was cut by, um, cut by Tampa Bay. The problem with Tyler Johnson is he too has no special teams experience. So like, I'm just blown away that Anthony Schwartz can't find any special teams role, period. Not just returner, but he's not on kickoff team. He's not on kick return. He's not a gunner on punt team. He's nothing. He doesn't do any of it. It, like, it how makes, does that make sense? It like, makes I no don't. sense. So so then you can't add another guy like that because then yeah. you have two of them sitting right. there. So sure. um, it, Mike, Mike Woods is a guy that does do specials. So he's that's a part of why he's in, involved in the in the 53 for sure. But like like I said, Tyler Johnson's interesting as far as raising your basement. He could find the field for this team for sure. Not sure he's going to make a gigantic impact, but he's making he should get on the field. Uh, Keelan Cole was cut is a veteran who was, I was interested this off season uh, in terms of a guy you could go out and skip the waiver wire because he's a vested veteran and, and negotiate a contract with him. So that one's interesting to me as well, but yeah, to your point, John, which I think is correct. Wide receiver needs to be addressed. Uh, cannot be just, just, uh, it is what it is scenario at all. And then tied in. Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, I thought like, that's, that's why that idea of, uh, Gasecki kind of like really kind of rang true to me because it could kind of be a two for one uh, in a sense that it gives you um, a, yeah. a real receiver threat and also fills your tight end three. Which is what they plan for David, right? Like they plan David and Harrison to be flexible alignment guys. So yep. uh, that, that's, a, that's a thing. And adding another guy like that would be a lovely thing. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and uh, chat about offensive linemen, which were, there were a couple surprises there as well. So we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, so they keep 10 offensive linemen. This is a position area for me that could see some um, movement. I think they could go down to nine. And the reason I think that is because the new NFL active game day rules does allow you to bring up an extra offensive lineman every week. You can do that without losing a guy's practice squad, re-waiver wire them and put them back. I think that's in place. 99.9% positive that is still in place as a part of the new CBA. Uh, somebody okay. can DM me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. How does that, how does that work uh, roster-wise? So it, it's essentially you can bring a guy up from the practice squad to your active mm-hmm. on game day and they can be there. 
participate and then they don't have to be re-practice squad player after. So okay. obviously okay. you can you're 40. I think it's, I hate this stuff because I don't study it and I should know it because you guys come here for like expertise, but you're 46 game day actives. Yeah. You, you would just have to have another additional game day inactive from your roster. He's up. I think I'm pretty sure hmm. he's up. He can play and he can go back to the practice squad without having to go through the waiver wire process and all of that. So that was a thing that they uh, negotiated. Hmm. At least I know it was a thing during the COVID year and I'm proud pretty sure it is even if not though with chris hubbard's flexibility to play inside out let's just i'll rattle the names off the starting unit is what we knew it would be which is ethan postage at center teller at right guard betonio at left guard jack conklin at right tackle jedrick was at left tackle then you have two uh, backup tackles and chris hubbard james hudson you have a backup center guard uh, type in michael dunn drew forbes is a backup interior player the one that was surprising was was yodi froholt who I just did not have a gauge of how much they liked him or didn't. And I continue to think he is a placeholder to come back to the practice squad and somebody else, maybe that for that third tight end or additional receiver. He's an, it just doesn't quite add up for me because I would have rather kept Brock Hoffman who they let go of the Virginia tech UDFA. I would have rather kept Blake Hans who they let yeah. go of. Who's a bit yeah. of a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think Miller forced on Hans were the first two. I was like, Whoa, okay. That's a bit surprising. And then they also yeah. let go of Alex Taylor, uh, who was on the fringe as well, who had a really another second strong preseason of performance. So what I'm hoping is they can get all three of those guys back on the practice squad, but I don't know if that comes to fruition. But that's probably because Froholt, in my opinion, could go down and be an up-and-down type of uh, situation uh, for him. So, and again, I, I should look up these rules afterwards. I'm sure someone will come after me if I screwed that up, but I'm – Pretty sure those are in place, but not a ton of surprises there. But Froholt's the one to me that stands out. It, it, I guess the thing that we should talk about is it seems like Forbes is finally the talent has manifested, right? Rookie year, gets hurt. COVID year, he opts out, comes back last year. I think he got hurt again. So yeah. this year they really liked him. They had him at left guard uh, in the in the first group on Saturday night against the Bears. So they like him, and I, I can see it now. I think he's doing some things the way Callahan wants and looks the part. I'm a little surprised by that, but not totally. I think Saturday was a big indicator. Yeah. You know, when it comes to offensive line, when you have a coach like Callahan, um, I do do a lot of deferential kind of um, allowances in terms mm-hmm. of that. Like, uh, you know, whatever seems odd, I assume he knows more. Uh, but yeah, um, I think um, I think this offensive line is in uh, one of the better situations that you have around the league. Um, maybe we do have our own questions, right, um, in terms of um, tackles, right tackle, mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. Um, but we're in good shape. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there were some surprises, but um, I do – defer to Callahan. Yeah, I I, ref, I defer to him as well. I think the Froholt one is is uh is I think that was a good the point. By surprise. By the way, yeah, yeah, that was like the, I think you're 100% on point in terms of that because that's one that doesn't make a ton of sense outside of that and um yeah. Let let's uh, let's switch to defense cuz I think there's some guys there too, especially the 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 bevy of D linemen they kept. Um the interior guys, Taven Bryan, Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, and 
who am I missing? Perion Winfrey. Not not, not a yeah. surprise. Four of those. Yeah. Six defensive ends, though. You have Miles Garrett, Jadevian Clowney, Isaac Rochelle, Alex Wright, and then they also kept Isaiah Thomas Chase Winovich. In this group, it feels to me like Winovich is probably an IR candidate. Could be Alex Thomas, too. Or sorry, Alex Thomas. Isaiah Thomas because Isaiah Thomas has that hand issue and you could probably yep. be sneaky crafty and get away with IR stashing him for the year because of that injury and saving that roster spot while also keeping him as a part of your organization. Those two stand out to me. Otherwise with Steven Weatherly's injury, I thought Rochelle stepped up and did a really nice job to prove his part. Could be some people are a little surprised that they didn't keep an additional defensive tackle, but I'm not really moved all too much by that i think nine is what they settle on here potentially eight is what they settle on here depending on the health status of winovich and thomas and who they're able to pull in and how many spots they need to create but those two stand out to me as guys that are like the the flexible the most flexible of anybody they kept in my opinion yeah i think you have the right opinion here and uh, i don't think necessarily they want to get rid of either of these guys so ir seems like a uh, a very good bet. And, there, and a reminder, you can bring a guy back from IR after four weeks. So, you know, yeah. you're not knocking them out for the year here. They can come back. Um, linebacker, they keep six, which is, a, to me, a, a bit of a surprise. I think I had them at five. Uh, so they keep starting guys. And, again, you got Anthony Walker and Jacob Phillips who are battling for Mike. I still lean Anthony Walker on that battle. But they're battling there. JOK. Sioni Taki Taki, those are your top four. And then they kept two others. It was Tony Field. It was a, it was a battle of three guys: Dakota Allen, Jordan Kunasik, Kunasik, Jordan Kunasik. I'm trying to pronounce his name right, and Tony Fields. So they keep Tony Fields, which I should I'd be remiss to say at this point now. Andrew Barry has kept still batting a thousand percent for good or bad on keeping all of his draft picks. He's not cut one yet. So uh, Kunasik and, and Fields are the guys your depth backers. I think. We'll have to see about whether Jordan sticks around. He is a guy to me that is like a potential movable guy. But he, he makes a ton of tackles. He's a nice linebacker. He's a nice depth player. They might bring Willie Harvey back to the practice squad again. They have moved him to the practice squad several times. He's gone other places and come back. So uh, that's probably your practice squad guy. But Kunasik, I did not see making the roster. I just, I didn't, but I can, I can understand. He can fill a gap in run game and, uh, he's a decent athlete too, so I can see why they like him, and probably especially like him when they were talking to, you know, uh, special teams about what guys they want to see stick around on the roster. He can he can do that. So, uh, any surprises at backer for you? Yeah, no, I mean you already laid them out. Anybody past Tony Fields was going to be a surprise to me. Yeah. So, um, to get two, um, definitely surprising, and uh, I'm not sure that I expect that to be the same in a week. Yeah, that's just one to keep an eye on. They, they they kept six last year. I think they originally kept seven last year, but that moved back to six after Jacob Phillips with that. I think he had the elbow ligament tear. Uh, he went to the IR immediately after he was kept on the 53, and they brought him back late in the year. So they went from seven to six. So a little different this year. Uh, we'll see our, our good old friend Mac Wilson when the Patriots come back to town. Anyway, um, one more quick break. Word from our sponsors. We return. We'll talk about corner safeties and uh, we'll kind of close on on where we think this thing is eventually going to end up or if we see a big splash move coming. We'll be right back. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so corners, I was a bit surprised here. I th- I predicted they would keep Sean Jolly, and I really liked his third preseason game and thought he was moving in the right direction. I know they they want to bring him back to the practice squad. He's that UDFA out of App State. Uh, so they only keep five for now. Martin Emerson, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward-Greedy, and A.J. Green. I'm a little surprised, and we should tie in the safeties to this as well because they decided to keep an extra safety. A lot of people thought six corners, four safeties. They go five safeties, five corners. D'Anthony Bell is the biggest surprise, the UDFA yeah. out of West Florida. Then Grant Delpit, Ronnie, John Johnson, and, and Richard LeCount, those were not surprises. But D'Anthony Bell, seems like the decision was, you know, do we want to keep Herb Miller, who's been around in practice squad and special teams and, on the 53 and all that? Do we want to keep Sean Jolly, or do we want to keep D'Anthony Bell? And they went with D'Anthony Bell, who had a propensity for bigger plays in the preseason, and I think he moves well and is a nice box safety. He's an interesting player, and I, I, it seems to me they didn't want to expose him, so they're keeping him. Not to say they won't move some things around, and he's potentially one of those guys that they got to have a hard conversation with, but I think it's at least exciting. It's a good story, and, and I'm going to be really fascinated to see how he does on specials and if he's forced onto the playing field, how he does there, because he's he looked like he belonged. That's all I ask a guy in the preseason. If you want to make the roster stand out, make big plays, look like you belong, and he looked like he belonged. So I'll, I'll throw it to you, John. Any surprises in that group uh, other than Bell? No, I mean, I'll just expand on what you said. Um, you know, the big thing is, uh, I think one of the things that the safety group is missing is a totally proven um, and capable center fielder. Yeah, I think that's what this defense actually needs quite a bit. Anthony um, Harris let go today by the Eagles. So that's yeah. that's a interesting one there. Agreed. Yeah. So I don't know this, this is where they're going to end up, but um, it doesn't surprise me that they might value somebody who can uh, make some big plays in the middle. Yeah. I think that's why LeCount was kept. They have John Johnson doing it. He's fine at it, got better at it as the year went on, uh, more comfortable with it. Certainly not the role he was playing predominantly in LA. And I really wish they could let him get back to some of that, but I think they, they kept LeCount, who's not an inspiring forward-moving player. If he has to come up and tackle, it's just ooh, it's not pretty. And I don't think I he's, think he's a, natural as a center fielder, though. He is fine. Yeah. And, yeah, to your point, what they're looking for and why I think he's here, he is a better deep portion player, a little bit better feel for those things. So he's here. They, they But to me, I don't see a player in Richard LeCount who I see John Johnson leaving and he steps in to fill the role. I just have a hard time Agreed. seeing that right now. Agreed. So. Seems like a placeholder for him, but that's the roster, man. That is it. I, I think the question to answer here as we 
sort of wrap this up is how many moves do they make? Like they've, they've got a 53 here. I think I've named off DeAnthony Bell, Jordan Kunasik, uh, Chase Winovich, Isaiah Thomas. On the other side of the football, Yodi Froholt as the guys. And that's not to mention two people in Dearness Johnson and Kareem Hunt who could be traded. So that's what, six total there I mentioned that are really, to me, flexible guys that they could move realistically move off the roster, whether through trade or letting them go in order to bring somebody, uh, somebody in, I'm going to predict that they end up bringing four total new people onto this roster, uh, in some form or fashion. I'm not sure who they are, but the positions are pretty obvious wide receiver tight end. You and I talked about, and then I do think they end up really, really looking hard at uh, another second level player, whether that's a linebacker or another safety. That's kind of my hunch. And Sean Jolly is their next corner up, and they might even keep Herb Miller around on the practice squad too. So I'm going four. What's your number? Yeah, I'm going to go three just to be a little different, but I, I don't agree. Uh, I don't disagree with any of your logic there. You know, I think a secondary player or at least a back seven player. And then uh, I 100% think there's going to be a tight end three that gets brought in. Uh, whether or not he ends up getting – um, penciled in as a wide receiver in terms of targets. Um, yeah, but I would probably say wide receiver, tight end, and back seven. That's I'm at three. Yeah, I, I, the three four range feels about right for me. I, I still don't believe a trade with Felton or Kareem Hunt is going to come to fruition, and they're just going to run okay. the rock a ton. They're just going to run it a lot. Which the sad thing is, though is it might mean that you have some inactives in that group. You might have like a Jerome Ford inactive because they just don't have a way of using him a ton. And uh, they got to find a way to move Hunt. I, yeah. I really do. I, I, I feel like they've got to find a way to move Hunt. If you don't, I think that you are squandering some resources there. I, like, I, I understand he can do a lot of things to help this roster, but um, uh, Ford looks really good. Um, you just got to like trust your draft picks in that sense. And uh, if there's any worth of Kareem Hunt in this league, if you can get a fifth or a fourth, you just got to take that. Um, I That's just my opinion. Yeah, I know that the Vikings were dealing with a similar thought process with Madison, their backup, Alexander yeah. Madison. Like yeah. you could let him right. walk at the end of the year for a sixth, right? You yeah. could let him get comp pick of sixth back, but. You know, if someone calls and offers you a four or five in the last year of a contract, it's just hard to turn that down. It's hard to turn it down, especially when you have like Minnesota has two backs they like. Yeah, they like Dearness Johnson plenty, whose vision is so good. Jerome Ford, who flashed some really strong play in the preseason, so it would suck to see some of those guys. Be, you, you remind me, you can't dress all of these guys. Like you got to have a certain number of day game day actives here, so you can't keep everybody active, and and you got to go high injury positions. Uh, are more often the ones you keep active, you know, D line and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, it's just in the realm of possibility. And I'm sure that's a ton of the different things that they're weighing about how they go about the season. So that's an episode for today. Uh, uh, that's everything we know, everything we have seen, right. Um, you know, we're not going to address the stuff around the league. I'll get to that later in the week. The big trade, the Eagles made for Chauncey Garner, Johnson, some of that stuff, but this covers the Browns. This covers target areas for which we think that they are looking at people, some names that we think could be the placeholder names they end up moving on from. And then we also threw some names of guys that we have either 
heard of, talked about, uh, or, or at least have interest. We'll see what the Browns do. And again, a reminder, they will bring in somebody that you have never heard of. And we'll all have to figure out what that guy does in some form or fashion, because it's just like that every year. I mean, they like Joe Jackson a couple of years ago and, um, there was somebody else that they brought in. And I was just like, who on earth is that? So yeah, that, that will, that will happen. I think that's the funny thing, John, I think about is, you know, there's these, these, this is your franchise, you focus on them, you know, all these guys and then, Oh yeah, there's 31 other franchises with 50 guys to cut 40 guys to cut who you don't know who they are. You don't, you don't really have any idea. And it's like, you feel like you know the NFL really well until cut down day when they naming off all these guys who had these nice preseasons and you're like, no clue. No clue who that guy is. So, you know, yeah. that's that's the funny yeah. thing. But John, thanks for joining, man. This is a fun episode, and we will check back with you next week. And uh, when the when the Browns are in Panthers prep week, man, we'll get back with you probably for a Friday episode and get on our usual schedule. All right, and we have a movie review next week. We we do. We have a movie review to do. We'll leave the <laughs> reveal of that movie for next week uh, when I get to have a good weekend opportunity to watch it. So we will do that next week on Friday. We'll talk about what did we talk about all last year, how the Browns beat their opponents. So we'll talk about how the Browns beat the Panthers. And then we will talk through um, the, the AFC North as we do. We'll kind of do a quick little preview of the, the division's opening weekend game. So it'll be fun and we'll get back on that schedule. So thanks to you guys for tuning in today, uh, listening to this episode on the 53. As, as you know, I will keep you apprised to all the decisions they make over the next few days with analysis and thoughts and the reasoning for why they did those things. So continue to check out the OBR Film Breakdown podcast for all your Browns analysis needs. I appreciate you being here, supporting the OBR Twitch website and this podcast. Thanks, guys. Thanks to John for joining today. Have a fantastic Wednesday and go Browns. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.